Frontier. Welcome to Wrestling Daft the Marks, hailing from Larbor, weighing in that I must be about 184 pounds now. I've not been out running. Um, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this very show. And with me, a man who is bigger than the list of names and trademarks that WWE have just filed for. It's Big Alex. Would you be horrified if I said I haven't read that list of trademarks because it is too big and horrible for anyone to bother reading? Well, at least Cody got his name back, so that's... Which he said he's not going to use. I know, he's only going to use it. And then used. (laughs) Oh, has he started using it already? Well, that makes sense. He literally announced that uh, Phil Gear is Cody Rhodes. Three oh, days really? after saying he wasn't going to use oh, it, I, and Ju- Justin, Robert, Justin Roberts announced it and then had the lower third saying Cody Rhodes. Ah. <laughs> right, well, there he goes, that then. Uh, that man right there is a man we know and love, the lead writer of Inside the Ropes. It's Gary Casty. How you doing, Gary? Okay, not too bad at all. Just finished up transcribing 5,200 words, so, uh, so good fun. What interview was that for? It was the the Gallows and Anderson and Rocky Romero one, which we should have on here next week. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, were you totally marking out at Gallows and Anderson? Because I know your love of Impact Wrestling. No, no, I didn't mark out too much. I've interviewed them before, but this was the first time on video. Uh, but uh, it was good fun. Uh, one of those interviews where I was very much the passenger and there was just tunnels of chaos going on around about me. Uh, and I just jumped in with a wee tiny word here and there. But talking, good fun anyway. Talking shops this weekend, isn't it? I think it might be. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it's the, the 14th. I, I was trying to think if it was ne- uh, this week or next. I, it's this weekend, 14th. Yeah. That should be interesting. Um, do, do we have any? Well, you'll be able to tell us what they kind of what they what they're going for this time. <laughs> yeah. So there's two big matches. One of them is a death match between Rocky Romero and Chavo Guerrero. Rocky Romero is a uh, Chico El Luchador, and this is a match where someone actually dies. So it's a shoot death match. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and then the, the big match um, that I did speak to them about. So last time, you know, the, the main event was a Boner Yard match, which yeah. was essentially a rip-off of the Boneyard match, but all about genitalia. Well, this time we have a ball for a ball match, which is, of course, mocking the <laughs> eye for an eye match. Uh, and each of them have to try and castrate one another. Uh, Scott Steiner turns up during that one so uh, so Is definitely you I must get disqualified see. if you take both balls because you've went too far and it's only a ball <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea but I only know that at one part apparently um, Chad's too bad which is Carl Anderson's character uh, tries to tie Sex Ferguson who is Luke Gallo's character tie his balls to a truck to detach them that way. Um, so I apparently there's a load of stuff and they said that there was even something that they let Scott Steiner have a, a just a live mic, uh, obviously, because it wasn't live and they had to cut out something that he said because it was too vulgar even for their show. Bloody so, hell. Bloody hell. I will make the, the cuts on Southpaw Regional Wrestling when it makes it to YouTube. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's always a good laugh, uh, Talk Shop. Uh, try and catch up. Talking about pay-per-views, um, I haven't seen any of it. So, Alex, coming to you, because you are an EW resident expert, how was Full Gear? Can, am I going to get into trouble from our friend who always says that we're really, really negative <laughs> towards AEW if I say that I, about 33% of it was excellent, 6, 33% oh. of it was mediocre? Oh, oh really? Consternation from Gary? I really liked it. I thought it was, I'm probably the opposite. I think I disliked maybe about 15, 20% and really liked the rest. 
I think I've just got such high standards now. Because to be honest, I was slightly disappointed by Omega versus Page. I think my oh. expectations were just set oh, too oh, high. Oh, really? I saw yeah, like, I, I, it been, I don't know. I think it could have been a bit more. But secondly, the thing I was most disappointed in was Rose versus Shida. I thought it was it wasn't a great match, and no. the storytelling behind it didn't make any sense. They were doing the knee selling spot, and then she was doing underdog power moves. It just it mm. made no sense, and it was perhaps the actual worst women's match. I've wow, seen really? On that from them, especially on a big pay per view, which yeah. was a shame. But it all did come back around for Young Bucks versus FTR. That was terrific. That was everything it, it needed to be. Yep. The yeah. finish was a bit weird. Like after everything that they'd been through, just a super kick to end it on cash seemed. I was expecting something else. But yeah, we need do to have to that, give. Yeah. And the fact that, and I mean, I loved the match. It was one of my matches of the year. But the fact that a super kick without a shoe on seems to be a lot more effective than yeah, a super kick with a shoe on. Doesn't make any sense to me, especially after like they've been the like the what do they call their pile driver now? They call oh, it. Like, I want to call I it brain remember. surgery, but they call it something like that. And they'd been like a kick out of that, and they'd been some big kickouts, and then to win it with a super kick with no shoe just seemed a bit silly. But you have to give Cash a little bit of kudos for doing the 450 off the side ropes and yep. breaking the all fists, no fists tagline of FTR, unfortunately. <clears throat> Elite deletion was excellent. Elite deletion was pretty much... Oh, see, but Gary, oh guys, guys, <laughs> very conflicting opinions between us because I think that they'd managed... They toned it down a bit. It was a bit more of a grounded deletion and I thought it worked quite well. The, yeah. first, the first about... 70% it was amazing and then they done that thing where they wanted to take us back to that horrible spot where Matt Hardy didn't suffer a concussion uh, and mocked that and then they just randomly killed Sammy Guevara um, I don't really know where we go for here I, they seem to have a day of weird endings they couldn't decide what they yeah. were it was a weird one because I mean you then have to talk about MGF versus Jericho but you can tell that that match, we were all surprised they were giving it away so early and they weren't giving it away so early. That was a TV match with a pay-per-view finish on the end to just <laughs> build to the next one. So, John, if you haven't seen it, MGF pulls a full-on Eddie Guerrero. It's beautiful. Does he? Mm. Yeah. Oh, so, good. like, he goes to go for the diamond ring and um, Hager tosses Jericho Floyd and he just decks it onto the mat and he kind of does that and just falls down. And then Aubrey... Oh then gets distracted then he just rolls up Jericho and takes the win brilliant love it so love they it, build that it. for the next phase and Kingston versus Kingston versus Moxie was pretty good it was okay it was the best CZW match I've seen all year yeah it was, it was, it was, it was what you expect it to be there yeah. was barbed wire choke it involved in the finish it was fine it was what you fine expect. fine so just uh, can I move pay-per-view then I thought it was, but I think it's like one of the pay-per-views of the year, personally. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite negative towards the first half of it, to be honest. I don't know what it is. I've maybe just got such high expectations now. I expect the world. Mm. And when I get delivered three quarters of the world, I complain. Ah, <laughs> oh, well. No, well. You've just been spoiled by AEW, of course. We'll talk about more about AEW a bit later on as we do our buddies and putting over from the weekly shows. Um, once again, we're on the Wrestling Daft Draft. As always, heading to Fancy Booking Island. We'll find out who the winner was of booking Roman Reigns' tribal faction, and we've got a brand new booking on that. The qu right, the quiz is back. Rest never mind the buzz knocks. Wrestle mind the buzz knocks. I keep getting it wrong. Alex, is, how refined are we this week? Last You've week, only got 
four I've... rounds this week, John, so it's fine. Right, no, okay, right, that's four rounds, okay. You said this last week, you said, oh, I've got I've only got five questions, and then it was like five rounds with like multiple well, questions. Well, I've said rounds, haven't I? I haven't said questions, so I can have as many questions oh, in a round as I'd like. Five, you said five, qu- right, anyway, we'll find out. Alex is going to be your quiz master for WrestleMind the Buzznox a bit later on. Um, but first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, okay, uh, we're back to the supermarket with the promo. Um, we're not talking about masks. We're not talking about, you know, annoying people in front of you who, you know, perhaps forget something then go running back into the shop to get it and then hold up the queue. We're not talking about them because, you know, I'll just go off in one. What I want to talk about, however, is milk, right? All these types of milk now that you get, you know, you get your stand, you get milk, they're fine, semi-skimmed, skimmed, full fat, whatever you want. I'm happy with that. That's standard milk for me, right? Now, I understand there are people out there who have, you know, dairy intolerances. So there's, obviously, you get lacto-free milk, you got um, soy milk. But this is where it starts getting a bit crazy these days. Almond milk. You know, what else have we got? Oat milk. Uh, Oat milk. Now, here is a question, and I want an answer to it. How do you fucking milk an oat or an almond? <laughs> a large press? How? There's no that's, milk. This man hasn't seen Meet the Parents. <laughs> there is no milk in an almond. There is no milk in a in an oat. I'm pretty How? sure like the almond, it's similar to what it looks like in a coconut. The yeah, it's kind of similar to coconut for almond. I've eaten almonds. There's no milkiness in the almond. Is yeah, it? it is. An almond is a mildly milky nut. That's how that's that's how many people would describe it. Right, so how do you milk an almond? How, t- talk me through the process of almond milking. I, I, I'm assuming it would be like a really, really big mechanical press that would squeeze them all together and then it would just take the juice out. Yeah, I believe it's, in, and this is maybe a bad comparison, but I believe it's the same way that you would press a, you know, a clove of garlic and it becomes that kind of liquidy, mushy substance despite not being liquidy or mushy. Right, okay then, right. I'm gonna, what I want you to do, Alex, is I want you to go out and purchase yourself a bag of almonds and next week on this show, <laughs> I want you to show us how a glass, I want, you, I want to see a glass of almond milk. Would you care to supply the very large mechanical press that I will require for that process? Well, you've got, you've got to do it yourself. Because it's easy enough. You could go out easily and milk a cow. You know, you, I mean, that takes a little easy. bit of that takes a little bit of skill, right? And can I tell a cow milking story that I find hilarious just now? Yes, right? go on. So at my local, like, because I'm a chukter, I'm fair rural Aberdeenshire, Ken. And we have a yearly village show, as you often do. And the last time I attended... <laughs> One Did of you enter attractions. some sort of vegetable into the yearly uh, show? Sorry? Did you enter some sort of vegetable? No, no, I have done that as, as a younger man, but it was it was more... Alex had, a, Alex has a award-winning avo. That's what he entered on. Did you own a pet? Did you own a, a farmyard animal, Alex? No, I don't. I, but my mother does run a farm. So there is... She, she does have a lot of cows. Her favourite is one named Daisy. I often get pictures of a herd standard of cows cow name, standard cow name. Daisy. And yeah. I'm like, I don't fucking know what Daisy looks like in a herd of cows, for Christ's sake. Back to my story, sorry, John. Continue right? your story. Sorry about Milton. So, yeah. so basically, one of the attractions is this big full cow 
that's got little what I can only describe as balloons on it and the kids go and they milk the they milk the cow right and so I was finding this hilarious and I went and spoke to the woman and she was like yeah so there's only currently one udder working if you're back next year we'll have a full cow working with four <laughs> full udders and so I just have this picture of like my friend's daughter milking this cow in the middle of this field in Aberdeenshire which is quite funny considering she's an Australian so oh right okay um, have you ever milked a cow no I haven't uh, I, well, anyway, back to, back to the almond milking. Daga, no, if I'm doing almond milk, you need to go and milk a cow for next week then. Until right, okay. Challenge. But anyway, you can't milk an almond, you can't milk an oat. So I don't know where the milk in almond and oats come from. Please get in touch with it. If you've ever milked an almond, please get in touch with us at Wrestling Daft on Twitter. Love to hear your stories. But yeah, get, get in the bin. Get in the bin. That's what I say. Get on board Patreon if you want more content from Wrestling Daft. It's dead easy. Patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft. You'll find us there and you can pick from three tiers, all in varying different prices and in different tiers. Um, it's, a not, it's not like the tiers you're getting in Scotland. Just now. We've only got three tiers um, and those I tiers... I think we should make four tiers just for the sake of it now. We pretend, there's five tiers in Scotland? Five, five. There's five. Oh, yeah, but is tier zero, does that really count? Surely yeah, tier well, zero is just like a free listener because you've got all your freedoms, so you're a free Okay, listener. well, okay, so you're tier, if you're tier zero, you're the free listener and you, you don't get any of these benefits, okay? But if you're in tier one, we'll let, we'll, and do you know, we'll let you drink in every one of these tiers as well, I'll tell you what. Tier one, cruiserweight champion, that's the cheapest of the lot, but three bucks a month, uh, ad-free versions, early episode access, bonus content from the show, vote on the list of wrestling that, vote on Fantasy Booking Island, and you get a full video version of of this podcast uh lots for like four quid a month three quid a month that's well worth it you get to see gary's beautiful hair and you get to see alex's cat <laughs> um tier two ic champ about seven quid video version of the flagship show with rab and grado of course invite to our patreon pay-per-view parties let's do one for survivor series because i think that would be a good laugh let's get drunk and do that um you get a bonus episode once a month from the boys you also get the dafties from us uh, the RF shoot interview is getting done tomorrow. It's been promised for about three weeks now, but Grado is finally going to do it tomorrow after we record the main show. So Grado and Rab will be doing that as Rab or Grado interviews Rab. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I'll be available. And right up there, up and uh, now you can hear the dafties from October, which we recorded last week. And finally, Tier 3 World Heavyweight Champion. It's about 15 bucks a month. Free, well, I was going to say free tickets for every live event we do, but that's, <laughs> I've left that in the script from last year, <laughs> six months ago. But uh, yeah, you'll get a free wrestling daft t-shirt or your choice. Be signed up for three months. Chance to be a mark on this show. And of course, do the run-in on the main show. So if you fancy any of that, Oh, I've involved. just figured out what tier four can be, right? It right, can be all of the above for £50 a month, but John will come and milk your cow once a month. To <laughs> yes, I will do that. So that is tier four. If you want me to milk a cow, I will happily do that. Just don't blindfold me because that can go all <laughs> sorts of wrong ways. Okay, so uh, get uh, on to those tiers. Um, get involved wrestlingdaft.com no that's not right patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft let's have you on our roster <laughs> it's time for buddy and put over as we look back at the tv shows from across the week in wrestling we look at AEW, we look at nxt we look at smackdown we look at raw 
and uh, we invite a guest Mark on to to do SmackDown for us. Now I, we had to invite this guy on. Um, he's an internet sensation. He went viral on this very show. He only found out about nine eleven via Family Guy. It's Billy Gaddy. How you doing, Billy? I know, bad. Kind of wish I didn't say that now, but <laughs> oh, right, I'm here now. John's going to have that on a t-shirt by next week, I'm telling you. Oh, listen. Yeah. Oh, I'd, be, I'd be buying all of them, don't you, honey? <laughs> we picture a Billy talking about, the, I learned I learned from uh, fa- nine, about 9-11 from Family Guy. That's cool. I've got to put a t-shirt. Or a picture of Billy in his reclining chair as well. That that did quite well as well. Uh, I don't want you to be getting many buys with me on a t-shirt. To be <laughs> well, listen, thanks very much for coming back on, Billy. We need to get you on. 80,000 odd views that uh, video's had of you on Twitter of this talking you and Grado talking about find about fa- 9 11 and family guy. Uh you've been recognising the street yet, mate? Uh sadly no. I'm not being uh, well, well, but <laughs> I'm waiting <laughs> for the day you know, for us being Scotland's uh, highest, most recognised wrestling related celebrity. <laughs> I would, uh, at the moment, I would say, yeah, I, there's no one else out there. There's no one else out there. In fact, you were nominated on the Dafties this uh, month, Billy, as a uh, wrestling moment of the month by my my good self. Because uh, <laughs> I don't think you're, I don't think anyone's beating that. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to go through the shows. We're going to do buddies and putovers. Billy's going to do SmackDown, but let's kick off with AEW and Alex. So oh, John's to... not mentioned these things. Well, it's one of the weird weeks where we need to go back before the pay-per-view to get... Oh, them. I didn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those weird weeks where we go back in time and we've already talked about full gear. But I think like... we need to make up some kind of word for that, you know, and we can put it into the Wikipedia section of wrestling terminology. Yeah, I'll, I'll think of one. I'll think of one. But what happened last Wednesday on the go-home show for full gear? Well, MJF at one point lost his rag and speared Chris Jericho through some staging, and Taz and Vicky Guerrero proved once and, corral, once and for all that the AEW rating system is probably actually pointless. But, uh, yeah. Good news. The first put over, let's start with the positive. We got Pac back in some small little way with a nice little pre-produced segment. He was doing some cool little bit of video editing. He's obviously spent his time in After Effects, getting up those digital skills just in case something happens to the wrestling market and <laughs> copies of himself all over the place. But the one thing I do need to bury, and this is becoming a bit of a constant with AEW, was the sound production in it. And not just in that, but the sound production the whole night, they seem to forget to turn off the audience mic, sorry, the arena mics whenever they're playing a video package. And you just hear that reverberating back through the TV feed and it's just a bit rubbish, to be honest. I think I feel like again. they've done that during uh, Full Gear as well, during the start yeah. of Elite Deletion. Uh, like, and, and I was like, why would you leave the, the audience mic on? Because they're obviously like half watching, but half just chatting to each other. Like my flatmate always jokes that it's just JR forgets to turn his mic off, which <laughs> how I like to think it actually is. <laughs> but like, I mean, I don't really even have a second bury, to be honest. I mean, maybe the Omega Page emotional moment, uh, emotional music video package that was inspired from South Park video was maybe a little bit too much, but I liked the idea. It was original. So I'm going I'm to let it slide this week. But the other big putover has to be, again, who actually got wrestler of the month that said Dafties was Mr. Eddie Kingston and Mr. John Moxley for another really good, really intense promo segment that they to close the, not to close the show in the middle of the show to build to their main event. And AEW successfully used mentioning someone's mum for the second time effectively and inoffensively in a wrestling promo. So they get 10 points for that. They did very, very well. 
I did hear that. I thought it sounded like a really, really good promo. That. Yeah, and and like I kept saying that I'm not convinced that Eddie Kingston and uh, John Moxley have this long relationship, but I have now seen videos of and photos of them in CZW and stuff when they were much younger. So I now believe it. So yeah. I'm okay with that part too. And finally, match of the night. I have to give it to Dark Order versus the Natural Nightmares only because Austin Gunn was surprisingly great. So I, we've got to give it But a- do you not think that match being in that placement? And I mean, I think this was a really good go-home show and I'm very critical that AEW don't really do go-home shows that well, despite the actual agree, pay-per-view has been yeah. well. But I don't know if it, I, I had a wee feeling that they just went, do you know what? The election's on. Fuck this. We'll just gee up and chuck Austin Gunn in the main event because we know <laughs> we're going to lose anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although, although I do remember Billy Gunn saying something like that he wasn't going to like be around his son because he didn't want to let his son to get over in association with Billy Gunn. And then he goes and tags with him for his entire AEW <laughs> run and then gives him the assist to win the main event of his first Dynamite match. Aye. So, I mean, contradictory statements there, Billy, but we love you. Keep doing it. Yeah, thanks. Right, okay, uh, on to NXT next. Hold so, on. John, do you have some news before you start your... Uh, your no, no, Alex. No, no. <laughs> um, WWE NXT moved into November with a new focus establishing new rivalries. The show pitted several wrestlers against each other for the very first time, while others renewed rivalries with fresh perspectives. Tommaso Ciampa has been through an evolution since he lost the NXT Championship, wanting to move those who are making NXT worse with their complaining. Velveteen Dream embodies much of what the Black Heart hates, and he was about to face Ciampa's wrath. Ember Moon returned to the Black and Gold Brands with a mission, <laughs> but Dakota Kai forced her into a detour. The By any of- chance, is this like Gary's review of the show from no, inside the room? No, no that's, that's <laughs> definitely not mine. No, mine would be much less rehearsed. The captain of Team Kick does not want to stand aside while the ward goddess takes her spotlight. Two other women ready to compete for the NXT Women's Champions clashed in what could be seen as the number one contenders match. Tony Storm wanted to show us she has changed in her time off, fighting NXT's resident upstart, Shotzi Blackheart, resident upstart. John, can I, can I ask, uh, I, I like that phrase a little bit, can I ask what your favourite part of that match was? Hold on, Gary, I'm getting there. <laughs> That's not a terrifying thing over, John, because this seems like a show review. No, this is. I'm just just talking about. I'm building up to it. Um, (laughs) After a terrifying run through the haunted house of terror, Cameron Grimes tried to refocus on traditional wrestling, but he found himself face to face with Kushida. The Japanese superstar has been on a roll and willing to do some damage with his devastating hoverboard lock to continue rising up the ranks. NXT has needed a fresh perspective for a while, and this week it felt like a necessary refresh on paper. It was all down to execution. Match of the night, um, Shotzi <laughs> versus Tony Storm. Oh, I actually didn't bury or put over anything there. I don't know why. What are you talking about? That was very insightful. That, that was insightful. Okay, right, okay. I'll face up. I didn't see NXT this week, right? <laughs> I apologise profusely to the listener. I've let you down. I've let Gary down. I've let Alex down. I've let Billy down because he's come on to do SmackDown. And that was me watching my first show and you haven't even watched any. <laughs> the producer? I know. And most importantly, 
I've let myself down. Um, I apologise uh, if you're watching the video version, mainly due to the wonderful being that's beh behind me, uh, Queen Jackie Bird. I've been working with her this week on a big project that I'm working on for S Bower Network. So if you are listening, listen to Clyde 242, North Sound 2, T2, whatever you're listening to. We're doing a show called Scotland's Greatest Song and the Queen of the BBC, the Queen of Scotland, Jackie Bird, will be presenting said show. So I've been working a lot with Jackie this week. That Damn, is you've just turned your put forgive your apology speech for not doing your job for this podcast into a plug for another podcast. Yep. Oh pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> That's but, not uh, a real apology, John. That's I want not a real put, apology. Forget anything I want to put over Jackie Bird because one of the most professional people I've ever worked with. Incredible. You didn't even use the best photo of her as the, the thing. You didn't use that one that went viral a few years ago, the guy with the scarf dancing next <laughs> I to know. New Year's Eve. <laughs> I know, I know. So anyway, yeah, so NXT sounded like a good show, um, but I think the, I'll have to go back and watch Shotzi versus Tony Storm, so that sounded like a good match. And uh, it looks like they're getting places with, obviously, uh, Pat's new faction, and that'll be a good build over the next couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure of that. So, yeah, I'll be back to normal service next week. But let's go over to Billy and let's talk about SmackDown. The first show he's seen. But how long, Billy, when was the last time you watched the show? Probably WrestleMania, to be honest. There we go. Just listens to the, the I know podcast. What's happening. Yeah, you've got you know, you know, you listen to this podcast, mate. You know right. what's happening. Right, Billy, what go on, tell us about SmackDown. Right. Oh, I'd watched maybe had seen some clips on Twitter and stuff of what was going on. And I turned it on, started off with a title match, and I was like, Oh, this is a good start. It reminded me of how Hell in a Cell started with Roman Reigns, and I was like, All right, it's starting with some good momentum here. And the show on it actually was quite good, quite good pace to it. I, I don't think it slowed up at all, but one standout for me was Jay Uso. I thought he was outstanding. Like just the portrayal he's gained like with Roman Reigns, like you can tell he's kind of scared of him, but he's like respectful of like your family heritage in the same way. And then, like, the, the interactions between like a slimy Heyman and a conflicted Jew so it's just it's bad magic to be honest. And then obviously Roman Reigns come back, that new demeanor he's got, like he's just dominant, but it's not just in the ring. It's like his overall persona. It's just that, that storyline is just so engaging, I think. First put over by Billy. Aye. I like the way Jay Uso has now been getting as much cred for the storyline as Roman was. Like the first couple of weeks, Aye. we were all like, woo, Roman. And now we're all like, fucking Jay, though. I mean, it wouldn't Aye. be as good without Jay. So. Oh, it was a bell thread about backstage where um, I think it was actually the very first segment they had with him, but it was Jay Uso holding a coffee and Kevin Owens was like, or oh, they're getting Roman Reigns coffee now and all that stuff. But it led to Jay Uso going to do an interview with Kayla Braxton. And uh, Paul Heyman was like, have you got that approved with Roman that you can do the interview? And I was like, that's the WWE being meta there because you need to get everything approved by them. You can't interview anybody that's employed by them. <laughs> I brilliant. So uh, you got a buddy for this, Billy? Uh, I, I did have an output over, but we'll go with a buddy first. Let's keep it positive, Billy. We like to do this positive, sandwich. Yeah. So, you know, positive, negative, positive, you know what I mean? It wasn't even positive, really a put over on the show, to be honest. All right, it was, okay, okay. It was just my imagination. I was just see that Sullivan <laughs> interview. Wait, Aye. Oh, I was just pushing myself laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just 
I was just imagining Michael Cole's face as Art Sullivan's just shouting and slabbering at him. <laughs> just imagine his blank face because he's no on camera. I just made my, I was just pushing myself with it. <laughs> that reminded me of that. I, I don't know if any of you will remember the Michael Cole Heidenreich segment that I don't think anybody will want to remember. With the, I remember that. Uh, I and remember I was that. like, I oh, hope yes. they're not going down that. I hope they're not going down that path again because we don't want to see Michael Cole nearly getting sexually assaulted on the show. <laughs> no, we don't want to see that. We definitely don't want to see Michael Cole get sexually assaulted on SmackDown. Tyler <laughs> Sullivan. Mm-hmm. He might deserve. He might deserve it, but he- no one needs to see it. <laughs> no one deserves. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, you can't say that. No one deserves sexual assault. That was joking. Nobody deserves it. Not even Michael Cole. I take that back. Not even okay. Michael Cole in his coal mine, right? <laughs> Billy, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> what are you going to bury from the show, my friend? Uh, I, will, I was going to bury like, the whole fans, but I felt, I felt like that sounded like a heel promo, so I was just, I'll stay away for that. <laughs> just the down in the clapping, that's all. <laughs> it's but, proper shite, isn't it? Aye. I've been on Thunder, I actually got on to the Thunderdome, right? It's really, well, we've had a couple of people that have been on the show, like um, Chris, who was on last week, um, Bronze Cello was on, talked to us about the Thunderdome. It's really a really weird experience because it's like you're constantly talked through the matches. It's like, hey, here comes, here comes the favourite. Give us big cheers. Let us know that you love them. Give us a thumbs up. So you've got people talking back to you while you're trying to watch the show. And you have to be over-enthusiastic about it. And it's just like, hey! You're not there, you're you're not there to watch the show. You're part of the show now. So your mm-hmm. enjoyment is now secondary to the quality of the show that you are delivering. Yeah, and we got kicked off. We got bloody kicked <laughs> off. Because I think we had, we had to go to the to- I had to go to the toilet, so I got kicked off. Came back. I was like, oh, all right, okay, there we go. So I no, yeah, I I I'd bury the crowd, mate. Bury the crowd. Just do it. Uh, I can't heal. I'm not going to cut a promo because it'll be embarrassing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll bury the crowd then. Um, the other one, Carmella. I just nah, I don't see a point. I, I don't think she's needed. In that story, it just seemed a bit forced. Aye. And then also, she shouted, I'm back, baby. And I was just like, this new character, when they say that, your old character would say that. (laughs) It just didn't seem like it fit. I don't know. I think I might be a bit harsh there, but for all like five seconds on the TV, but... That's what we do on this podcast. We're now apparently... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Charles, get... We think we're Craigs, even though that none of us have ever been near a fucking ring. Nah, <laughs> uh, but I guess it gives Sasha something to do, Carmel coming back into it, so it gives her something to do. Billy, you got a match tonight, mate? Um, I quite liked, although it was really predictable, I quite liked the Ray match. He's kind of Aye. like furthered some of the storyline there. And I, some people don't enjoy that one, but it looks all right for, to me. But <laughs> I loved the full match, and I liked the fact that Rey Mysterio wrestled in street clothes, and they kind of explained it as well. The only thing I didn't like is I love the end of days, and it was like the worst end of days I've ever seen because Rey Mysterio didn't like, you know, the end of days, you know, like the person lifts their feet up and then they go face first. But it was a brilliant match, and they brought in like every kind of storyline they could have with the Seth Rollins stuff, the Murphy Aaliyah stuff. But I, I thought it was a really good match. Hang on, did you say he was in street clothes? Was he wearing the Louis Vuitton mask while he wrestled? 
Oh, I don't think he had on the designer mask. No, I think he had on his usual mask. Uh, but he had on like uh, essentially looked like a Tucker last week on Raw. He had on the trousers like right. with the fucking stripes down the eye. See when he's kicking about like the shops and that, like going down to the co-op and all that. Does he still kick about in the mask? Well, you no. need a mask anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid point! That's a valid point! Well, John, the whole uh, point of the mask is so no one knows what he looks like, so even if he went down to the shops without his mask on, you wouldn't know. I think you would know. No, I, when I went to do the, the Lashley interview that I'd done last year at the hotel that the WWE folk were staying in, I think I mentioned this before when we spoke about uh, it's always brilliant when, you know, you walk out the hotel and people are like, oh, it's a wrestler, and then it's like, oh, no, wait, it's just me. And they get disappointed. But when I went out, Ray Mysterio was right behind me. And he wasn't wearing a mask, had his hood up. And hundreds of people that were about 10, 11, 12-year-olds still knew who he was. Aye. It's like, how do you know who Ray Mysterio is? He wrestled with a mask in WCW 20 years ago. It was like, I think if I was... not obviously just have a WCW fans. Well, I, I'm yeah. going, if I wasn't so involved, I don't think I'd recognise him, apart from maybe, you know, put together the height and stuff like that. But everybody recognised him. So. Uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm starting, I've, I've talked about it before, we need to start this trend of, like, rather than the stupid off face mask that we all wear, Gary's got his Liverpool one, you know, I've just got a plain black one. Alex, what, you've got something on your fucking mask, I bet you. I've got a plain black one because I have a huge beard and I can only really big, wear big ones because if I don't, I have this huge chunk of beard that sticks it around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Billy, what you got? You Jimmy mask. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, what have you got in your mask? Bet you have some trendy and all. No, I've got a, a green Asda one. You got a green Asda one. Oh, I'm just about wearing one that's made out of green Asda bag now. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do, and I've I've talked about it. We're going to set up the Scottish Luchador Federation, right? And we're all going to wear Luchador masks down to the co-op, right? And it, people will be like, "What the fuck's going on?" And it'll be like, "We're all going to be kicked out of the co-op, John." How? Ah, oh, the Luchador. Because the Luchador mask didn't cover your face. That's a very valid so point. So technically be not, not if you get a Sin Cara mask. Sin Cara ones, we'll get Sin Cara ones. I've got two Sin Cara ones already. Kelly, so <laughs> I want you to go down to the Asda, right? When you're doing your big shop, right? When you're, right. Buying, when you're buying your potato smileys and your potato waffles and all that sort of clobber, I want you on an in, doing it Asda in the Sin Cara mask and I want a picture of you at the checkout as Sin Cara. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes. Uh. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Brilliant. Right, okay. That's happening. Um, what was happening in Raw last night, Gary? So my first put over, Billy mentioned that one of his, uh, one of his was something that kind of happened in his imagination rather than what happened on screen. I'm going with that for my first put over. It is kind of Angel Garza and just how, you know, every single week I see him, he's absolutely brilliant on the mic. I think he is doing a brilliant job much like um, I, I went back to this with Andrade before, where it was like he does a lot of media duties and stuff to try and get himself better at English, become better at doing oh, promos. Really? I, I think Garza does the same thing because you can tell that he's definitely working a lot on his promos. So he's doing this kind of this gimmick now, and I'm not massive on the actual gimmick, but he's doing it well. Where it is his thing where they're giving the rose to you know the woman that's in the scene and stuff, except there is no woman in the scene now, he does it to the camera. I think. In my imagination, after the rumours that came out recently, I think he's cutting this promo to Eva Marie, and this is how we get Eva Marie back. Really? Aye. And surprisingly, that's my put over. I know a lot of people might not put that over, but uh, 
<laughs> but the fact that he's doing that, and I think we make it a long-term storytelling thing here, but that was just my wee thought last night as I was watching the show. I was like, maybe his promo's directed at somebody and it's not just one to the camera. It might just be one to the camera, which is also good because, you know, for women that are watching it, it's probably a pretty good kind of target market type aimed advertisement use the very handsome Angel Garza that we definitely didn't see get engaged on NXT last year to to try and sell it that way but I I just think it's good and uh, you know if we get uh, if we get Eva Marie coming back and teaming with Angel Garza or being his valet I think that would be a, a nice wee way to go I'd be a good shout I'd be a good shout what are you buddy I have um, you, you got a choice of buddies this week? Because well, he did like, customary large sigh at the start of his spiel. So. No, Retribution aren't even getting mentioned here, apart from that mention I just done there by you saying they want to get mentioned. Um, so, John Akira Tozawa is part of this, so I'm going to Oh, get away. It's no him that's getting buried. All right. The 24-7 championship changed hands 10 times last night. Oh, really? I really what the point of the 24 7 challenge. Oh, when are they gonna do that in the bin, man? But it was horrendous, and uh, and I think this is actually gonna spur John to pull me up on something anyway, because I had to delete a tweet three times uh, that I put out here. So I tried to keep a note of everything that happened, and I did eventually get it. So I'll run you through it quickly. So backstage, what happened? was Drew Gulak tried to join the heart business. They beat him up. R-Truth came in, stole the pin, got the win, uh, had the belt. R-Truth then got told, you're defending your title in a seven-way match uh, coming up next. And he's like, oh, I thought I'd a seven-way shoot with GQ in the ring coming up next, you know, that kind of thing. R-Truth, so it doesn't sound funny coming for me, but it was all right coming for him. However, he goes to the ring, has this match. Everybody tries to beat him up. He sneaks it away for everybody beating up, you know, comic book style, everybody's beating up nobody. And Akira Tozawa has also backed away. So Akira Tozawa pins R-Truth. Eric pins Akira Tozawa. Drew Gulak pins Eric. Tucker pins Gulak, but in the same pinfall, they're in a small package. They roll over. So Gulak then pins Tucker again. And then they roll over again. And Tucker pins Gulak again. And then Tucker gets pinned by Grand Metalik. Lince Dorado turns on Grand Metalik and pins him. And then R-Truth, Pins, Alente Dorado, yet again become 24-7 champion. And this all happened in the space of less than five minutes. Can I ask one question? Yes. Uh, You've only got one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It was... Oh, I mean, I'm glad they're doing something with the title and I'm glad we're seeing R-Truth on TV. And I mean, Tucker became a champion before Otis did, but uh, it just was horrendous. It it was... (laughs) It was the most needless, pointless segment you ever. You said they buried Tucker, and this week he's a champion. <laughs> I, exactly. I think they've done it just to fuck with me, in all honesty. But I, I, so we get 10 title changes in the space of whatever five minutes. Well, that was nine because the other one happened earlier on the night. But nine in the space of about five minutes and three title changes and one pinfall. Oh, so I, yeah. I, Get in the bin, get in the bin. Now, you mentioned deleting tweets at the start of that, Gary Cassidy. Now, I was listening to another wrestling podcast this week, and your name came up on podcast regarding uh, a certain Mr. Tucker. Um, I believe when they made the debut... Oh, wait, wait, I know that's exactly Yes, you made the debut saying uh, about Tucker, (laughs) and there was a comment made about him, something about him not having a job. Um, Aye going forward to which tucker replied to your tweet and then you deleted said tweet is this no true? no 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 that's completely backwards um, right, so okay. what... sorry 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 I, um, 
and I can even name the guy that that's buried here. It wasn't me. Uh, so oh, the tweet, no, my tweet is actually still up. Uh, Tucker deleted his tweet. So essentially, what happened was I tweeted it, and I done it in a very unbiased and pretty balanced way. Where I tweeted out the photo of Tucker last week, and I said. Tucker has been repackaged. This is what it looks like. He's wearing new gear. Um, he loses within 30 seconds to Ricochet, which is what happened. Um, so a guy called Michael Cavaccini, uh, who is on the impact calls. I don't know much of him. I don't think he's actually like, you know, journalist. I don't think he calls himself a journalist or anything like that. But he tweeted some really bad comment. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was along the lines of, and he will get his name changed to Future Endeavoured as well. Yes. Um, yes Tucker that- replied to it, right? So I've always got my phone on me just because, you know, you can find out things instantly. I've been caught in the past for somebody telling me something and I don't report on it until two hours later and it's already out there. So I always look at my phone and I was like, I recognise that url you know i recognize that twitter handle and it was tucker replying to michael cavaccini's comment saying i've got a family bro and they deleted it within about three seconds but obviously me being me i was like fucking screenshot that so i, I took a screenshot of it and posted the screenshot and it was the kind of thing where i was like i just feel bad for tucker because the guy is you know I used to be really bad and really thin-skinned for replying to every bit of criticism. I'm not as bad at it now. No, you, you, you go for everyone. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, no, John, if you could see the amount of people that call me an idiot on Twitter that I don't reply to, it's, it's not as bad now. But, but I, well, I, I'm, I'm pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm we can make that a monthly special, things John's found on Gary's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, well, I'm going, I'm like, in the greater world of things, I'm an anybody. Tucker is a WWE signed superstar who has definitely taken media classes. You know, they they are pretty strict about what you say, what you don't, what you reply to, what you don't. And he's replied to that and instantly regretted it. But it's taken him to reply to it. So I was like, fucking screenshot that and stick it up there. Uh, So I did. And and that's the screenshot that went everywhere. So I actually thought, and I'll come clean with it. I thought you actually uh, were going to pull me up on. um, so Pac obviously uh, returned to AEW this week, but he was still in the UK. So I'd actually tweeted out that he was still in the UK and I'd been told he was still in the UK. And I was like, I'm going to delete that just in case he's not in the UK and I've been fucking sold up, <laughs> sold up the river and he's been moved out to Florida without me knowing. So I thought that was actually what you were going to say. No, but, no, no, no. That was, that was, right, I've maybe been confused that I because I thought you'd say right. future, future endeavor and then he replied and you no, told me no, 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 right, no. Okay, right, fine. fine. I've heard that wrong, but uh, it was on another wrestling podcast. Uh, so you might want to go listen to that just to make sure your, your name's not getting brought into disrepute, Gary. Aye. I'll, I'll go in just to make sure they're not burying me because, aye, I'll not mention them. I'll just say that they. I'll just say they <laughs> might have addictions to uh, unsaid podcast. No, about Gary this week. Well, we'll no, so it's fucking cultaholic. It's cultaholic. Oh, right? I was going to say we'll no, no say who they are. We'll just say they're addicted to cult in some kind of way. Uh, but I, <laughs> right. So know, second put over. Yeah, aye, yeah, se- yeah. Second put over. Um, and yet again. <laughs> This is kind of more something that I've imagined up rather than actually being something that happened on screen. You can see a theme happening here. And I should say the full show was pretty all right. It was actually a good show. It was 
I put this up and a lot of people disagreed with me. I thought it was the best one in a few weeks because I mentioned it last week, the week before, maybe a few weeks before that, that I thought Raw has been pretty horrendous. Um, it's had good points, but it's not been brilliant. But for me, last night, we're meant to see Alexa Bliss interviewing Drew McIntyre. That got pulled before the show happened so we could get Drew McIntyre put in a tag team match with The New Day and uh, Orton and Miz and Morrison, which was a good match, obviously. Uh, annoyingly, Drew McIntyre didn't call himself Big D because that name has been reserved for Batista, uh, according to internet rumours. Hey. Uh, but uh, <laughs> 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 I guess you might not have seen that story. That oh, might be a, yeah, right, okay. Uh, I a lot of people say that Batista is, yes, well endowed. Bye. So uh, that's not even part of it. I've just mentioned that because it's stuff that Drew McIntyre did. But people were saying because of this, oh, no, Drew McIntyre isn't he actually, you know, doing it with Bray Wyatt anymore. They've pulled that full thing. They've pulled the, the Alexa Bliss stuff. So Alexa Bliss had yet again a wee thing with Nikki Cross. Mother put over was almost the patch Nikki Cross was wearing. She was wearing that, a patch on her, uh, on her vest that says, I'm working, don't pet me, which is, you know, the guide dog uh, patches that they <laughs> wear, which I just thought was good. Um, but so we had that wee segment with Alexa Bliss and her. Then we had the Drew McIntyre Sheamus thing backstage. Mercy the Buzzer shows up which means that, um, and again, this was in the background, nobody apparently spotted this, but that means obviously we're still getting a Drew Fiend thing. And my other put over is me putting over myself for this idea, because if we can get next week, the week after, whenever that happens, The Fiend and Alexa Bliss versus Drew McIntyre and Nikki Cross, then I'll be happy. Aye. So that's my, my put over as a match that hasn't happened and might never happen, but if it happens, it's good. That'd be decent. That Aye. would be a very good one. And what is your match tonight, sir? Match of the night was Ricochet, and I'm going to pronounce his name right because he cut a promo on WWE for not pronouncing it right, Mustafa Ali. Um, they had an absolutely fantastic match. Mm. Uh, Ali's got a new finisher. They had Ricochet do this move where he jumped for the apron onto the rope, the top rope, not the turnbuckle, went for that rope to the other adjacent rope and then done some weird corkscrew thing off the rope to the outside, taking out everybody and retribution. I count, I think it was a 720 spin that he done, but it was just yeah. brilliant. Full match was incredible. And it was like, this is what happens if you give these guys time. And I think they only had 10 minutes and still put on a great match. But you know, that, I mean, that's the, that's the problem. Therein lies the problem. Ricochet and how do you say it? Mustafa. Is it Mustafa? Mustafa. I've been saying Mustafa. I know. I know. Mustafa. Apparently, Mustafa Ali. I mean, they're brilliant talents, and just need to give them time to shine and actually give them a push, and you'll have an absolute winner there. Billy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for listening, watching the wrestling, pal. I know it's a bit lost with it. Oh, I love wrestling. <laughs> Go for it. That's all right, mate. That's all right. Uh, so, uh, a viral sensation, Billy Gaddy. Thanks once again for joining us on Wrestling Daft. Remember, if you want to get your buddies and putovers into Rab and Gredo, you can do that via our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and the boys will read them out on this week's show. So welcome back to another edition of WrestleMind the Buzzcocks, the show where we ask you pointless questions about pointless music. So this week, our guest on is Mr. Mike Bates. Mike, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's what we like to hear. So I have two questions for you before we begin. First of all, which one of our resident marks would you like to take on this week? I think I'll take on John, if that's all right. I've heard he's a ham and question, egger. Is, do you have a buzzer noise for us for when the time is necessary? 
Um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Ding dong. Ding dong. I like it. I like it. So, without further ado, let's move on as John consistently shouts at me on this segment being too long. So we will dive, dive straight in, shall we then? Question number one. What is the wrestling connection between Marilyn Manson, Green Day, and Drowning Pool? It's a good thing you chose, John. That's all I'll say. <laughs> no, uh, so, so hang on, yes. Um, who won last week? The Marks won last week, so this means that it's the guests' turn to go first. So, Mike, you're up first. What would you think? I, w- I would have said that they've all done a pay-per-view theme, but I can't remember Green Day ever doing one. Um, oh, no, no, they, they've, done, they've, done, um, they've done a SmackDown theme. I, uh, Green Day did uh, Do You Know the Enemy? No, you're an enemy. Marilyn Manson did Beautiful People <laughs> and Drowning Pool. Damn it. I'm guessing they did another one. Bodies. Bodies, so, yeah. Like, that was like easy yeah. SmackDown theme. They're all SmackDown themes, yeah. Okay, well, I can I can say that you are both both very much correct. Well done, guys. That's one point each. Moving on to... Right. is a smelling song. get the trash talk in gents get the trash talk in so this week round number two is all about the big debut so we've had a couple of wrestlers who's done a little bit of a flurry into music some successfully although very few most unsuccessfully so this week i would like to know what year the debut debut albums of mr john cena mrs mickey james is a lovely little hardcore country debut and Chris Jericho's debut album of Fozzy. Now, as always, I'm a kind good judge, so I will give you a couple of a couple of options. I, so, I own two of these. Do you really? Yeah. I do. So, Cena, was he 2003, 2004, 2005? Mickey James, 2010, 2011, or 2012? And Fozzy, 1999, 2000, or 2001? John, this is your up first. I actually, when I was on radio, we interviewed John Cena um, round the album, release of this album. And I'm trying to rack my brains of what year that was. Let me work this back. Can you remember the title track from that album and the video that went with it? No, I can't. We we, we obviously just talked about wrestling. We just edited out all the bit where we talked about his music. <laughs> um, there was a there was a song called "Bad Bad Man" featuring Bumpy Knuckles. Oh, look at that one. one! And the video Super. was him was them as the A team, and they like yeah, it was Ga- Gary Coleman's in it. It's not a bad song, in fairness. <laughs> Gary Coleman's in it. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've seen two thousand and four. So John goes, just give me all, just give me all at once. 2004 for Cena, Mickey James, I'm guessing it was around the height. So 2011 for Mickey. And for Fozzy, it would have been 2000. 2000 for Fozzy. Mike, what have you got for us? Cena's 2005. That's when he, he got the, the title. They released that. Uh, Mickey James... Pure guesswork, I'd say 2011 as well. I think it's when she went to TNA and Fozzie's 2000. Self titled album, Fozzie. Now, I think John Cena is 2005, so that is one to Mike and zero to John. Mickey James is 2010, so you're both, in fact, incorrect as you both went for 2011 and you were both correct with Fozzie for 2000. So that is two points to Mike and one point to John. Now, we're going to move on to a round I'm slightly excited about here, gentlemen. I'm not going to lie. So we're going to play a little game <laughs> of next lines. So I will read you a line from this time. I'm going to use the verse, so you'll recognize it, of a famous song. 
and then you are to um, to tell me what the next line is. But, Do we need to buzz in for this one, seconds. Alex? Sorry? Do we need to buzz in for this one? No, this is going to, each going to have 30 seconds. Right, okay. So I will, I will put the clock on. So, three, two, one. It's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about control and if you can take it. Correct. I hear the battle cry. Uh, no idea. Uh, it was Kenny Omega. Uh, are you? Oh, sorry. Are you ready? You think you can tell us what to do? You can, you can tell us what to wear. Correct. And last one is: I had a dream. I hadn't made it. There's nothing dragging me down now. I had a dream. I couldn't make it. Is it at the top? We can't fake it, or something like that. Incorrect. It's you think you can tell us. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong one. It's because a girl's going to push it all out the way. Of course it is. Of course it so is. So that was two points. That wasn't that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. That leaves John with having to get a few here. I am terrible at lyrics. I am absolutely terrible at lyrics. I'm more of a sort of tune guy. So right, yeah, go for it. Okay, so here we go. I've just written these all on one big list. So it's right. I'm just going to carry on. <clears throat> I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I like the. Girl, I like all the girls scream or incorrect. Like, I've right. got the looks that drive the girls white. Oh, yeah, we some southern boys with the farmer strength. No idea, AJ Styles. Um, is there something left for me to save in the wreckage of my life? My life, <laughs> I become, I become, I become, yeah, I become, I become, I become, yeah. Judas in Judas in my life. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. Oh, fuck it, I'll give you one more because I think this next one's great. Um, keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? <laughs> keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh, see, so you're only going to get half a point for that because it needs to be keep rolling, 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 rolling. Come on. Oh, right. Oh, oh. It's very specific lyrics. So you're only getting half a point there, oh, I'm afraid. Sorry. You're only getting half a point. So at the end of that round, Mike is in the lead on five points and John is behind on three and a half. No. And as such, we'll be heading into the final round for the decider to see if quiz champion John can be defeated. As always, I think it's worth mentioning at that point that John has mentioned before he is a champion of the game show hit list. Well, I believe you mentioned the lyrics to the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the next lyrics to a song. I may have won the hit list, but there wasn't a wrestling category on the hit list. It was more popular music, you know. But next time you should ask if you can have a speciality category like Mastermind, and then I'll, you can I'll, do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put a call in uh, to uh, the guy. I fancy John in this main event because uh, I can never win the big oh. one. Well, this is the big one. John needs to win here. John needs to get this. So um, unlike the other rounds, I will play you a famous wrestling entrance theme. The first 20 seconds, reversed. And this is where you want to use your buzzer sound. First one to buzz in. Give me the correct answer. I'm not giving you my buzzer sound. Well, well, I'm just assuming yours is John, but have you got a new one for us this week? Jackie Bird. Jackie Bird! Okay, excellent. Excellent. I like it. I'll be ready, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, ding dong, ding dong. Yeah, Mike's got it. Mike, it's the young Mike's. He is correct. Ah! The Young Bucks. So that means you get three points for the bonus, right? For the final round. So that means our final score is on the doors. This week, John McAnally, the quiz champion, a man with a legacy in quizzing, ends with three and a half points. And our guest, Mr. Mike Bates, on eight points to be the first guest to ever win WrestleMind the Buzz Pop Cox. 
Buzz Knox. Congratulations. You can't get right. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing the uh, the J-O-B, John. Always want to put someone over, Mike. Always want to put someone over. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. I, I found it really hard to. I keep trying to squeeze in lead writer inside uh, the ropes, oh, Gary Cassidy. It's quite hard uh, to do. So uh, you are the lead writer of Inside the Ropes, Gary. And what news do you have for us this week? Been a bit of a slow, uh, slow week. In all honesty, there's not been a lot of news, um, which I guess is good. We've seen more wrestling than news. Uh, but the first bit is actually about wrestling, which well, most of it is. But <laughs> the first bit is about actual wrestling matches because two title matches being announced for next week's Raw. Um, always interesting when it gets Isn't to Survivor it? Series. Yeah, there's always a team <laughs> before Survivor Series, so they can have a heel versus face. What have we got? So it's almost as if, yeah, we've got to Survivor Series, not as if we've had a yearly build to it written and uh, went, oh, wait, everybody's heels. So no, next week... even have to do it. Well, it, that, that too. self-made stipulation. But... They've also uh, gave a tagline of best of the best, despite the best team NXT from last year not being part of it. Um, but anyway, we've got so two title matches next week. The first one is... As you could have probably expected if you watched Raw last week, the Hurt Business, uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin against the New Day for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Again, bit of an odd one because the Hurt Business aren't exactly heels. If you listen to how they are portrayed in the Thunderdome, they get cheered. Uh, so it's a bit of a strange one. Because really retribution of the heels and they've been going over them. Yeah. Before. That I that, that's what pretty much turned me on to thinking they were faces, and then I was like, Wait, they get cheered in the Thunderdome. I spoke to somebody and they said, Yep, we get asked to cheer for the heart business when we're in the Thunderdome. Mm. So that match, uh, the other one, and you know, this title's changed a few times before Survival Series. We have Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton on next week's Raw. However, however, there's a little report flying around. Um, that this match is not going to end in a title change because another match is going to get added to Survivor Series, a number one contender match between Drew McIntyre and The Fiend. Um, I think that came from Wrestling Inc. At first, it's been going about a few places. This mainly came about, there was a wee bit of an odd thing that happened with last night's Raw where all weekend we had Alexa Bliss and Drew McIntyre in an interview segment, a moment of Bliss being advertised. Didn't it happen? Uh, actually got pulled to the preview midway through yesterday. However, we then had like, you know, Alexa Bliss still interacted with Nikki Cross talking about The Fiend. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus had a wee backstage segment and Mercy the Buzzard showed up behind. So it doesn't seem like they've scrapped the storyline in any way, but they scrapped that particular angle. It's a bit of an odd one, but either way, it might have just been to get to this title match next week. So yeah, good news, wrestling news we want to hear. We've got title matches happening next week on Raw. Always uh, always extra extra kind of incentive to tune in. There's no but there's no way, you know, that the Drew's picking up the belt because they wouldn't throw away Drew versus Reigns. That's a money match, which wouldn't be happening at Survivor Series, I don't I think. I don't know, they threw away Lesnar yeah. versus Styles, Lesnar versus Brian. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think they'll do the title change, but I wouldn't mind if they did. Oddly, I think I'd prefer that than Orton Reigns, although I like I really like both men, but I feel like the dynamic would be a wee bit, you know, heel v heel's okay, but not Maybe sure it works for that match. Uh, all night, every match. 
Aye, exactly. I, well, I, I thought um, last night we had uh, Titus O'Neill versus Bobby Lashley, and I was like, well, Titus O'Neill's getting his big shot here because he could be a face against Sami Zayn, but he didn't, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I and next up, we, we mentioned earlier, trademarks. Um, I'm not going to talk about the full list of trademarks. I'll just give you a rundown of roughly what is going on. So a load of name, you know, name trademarks being filed. The most bizarre one, a certain August Grey or Autumn Grey, I keep getting mixed up, which is Anthony Green. Um, they've kept his initials, gave him a porn star name and chucked him on NXT. Um, so that has been filed as well as a load of other names. Hundreds of people's names getting changed that are like, essentially people we've not seen on TV before. However, the more interesting one, obviously we know that Cody Rhodes' name last week would be reinstated. He is back as Cody Rhodes after the trademark was dropped. Another one got dropped. We'll get into that after these ones. AEW have got Beach Break, which has since been announced as being their uh, bash at the beach for next year. So that, I think Beach Break is Orange Cassidy's finishing move. I'm not sure. Because at first I thought it was going to be something in the, the way of Joey Janela's Spring Break and then Bash at the Beach. But I think, I think Orange Cassidy, one of these moves is called uh, that anyway. But either way, that looks like the match that's going to be scheduled for uh, Chris Jericho's cruise that probably will not happen. Uh, I think Chris has pretty much come out and said it's kind yeah. not because he was talking about now that it's been rescheduled and is he not, was he not like talking about the fourth one or something already? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, like the, the last I knew is that it was kind of just not being mentioned, but it was still scheduled to go ahead, but they kind of accepted it wasn't. Ain't nothing leaving the port of Florida yeah. anytime soon, Gary. But, well, I, this has been uh, scheduled in for January, which I believe is when the cruise was scheduled for. So I think it yeah, was probably meant to bash at the beach the day before yeah. the Jericho cruise episode. Yeah, so it was probably meant to be on the cruise. Probably won't be, but we're still going to get Beach, ba- uh, beach bash, I was going to say beach break happening. Um, yeah, like w- for all those girls. <laughs> well, WWE have uh, announced, I'll, I will not announce, they've uh, sh- um, applied for a load more as well and I think have been successful in them. All WCW ones, including Slamboree. Um, so I expect a load more, unless they're just going to release merch, but expect a load more of these network specials, I think, going forward. Right, yeah. You know, we've had. Um, and the big one that I mentioned about abandoning trademarks, Brock Lesnar. WWE have abandoned the Brock Lesnar trademark, so they no longer have rights to the Brock Lesnar name, which might be why we've seen his merchandise drop off rather than the contract thing, but obviously both are mixed in. So yeah, it looks like... Um, Brock Lesnar, I wouldn't want to say done with WWE, but done with WWE for now, at least. I don't think we're going to see him back anytime soon, unless it's all a massive swerve. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. Do you go that far with a swerve? Nah, probably not. No, in, right. in terms of legally uh, forfeiting the rights to the name and not being able to put merchandise, I doubt it. But <laughs> I, <laughs> nice think, I think he's probably done. I think he's probably done with it now, to be honest with you. He was always reluctant anyway, but I think he's just probably had his... Has his share now, eh? Annoyingly, a photo went up him. I saw that photo. Aye, with a goatee beard. Yeah, yeah. Aye, so it looks a lot more menacing than it did in WWE. Uh, But yeah, so uh, one last thing before we get into two more bits of good news, and it is sadly more bad news. Job losses. It's been a while, uh, but WWE have released 10 to 15 names yesterday. Now, it's mainly all people that, you know, the 
the layman wouldn't be familiar with in terms of, you know, names of production staff, people working at Stamford, Connecticut. However, there's a few wee names in there, two in particular that people might know. One's Jerry Soto, who is a Spanish announcer for WWE. That was really revealed by Super Luchas. The other one is a big name people will know, but might not have known that he was still with WWE. Tony Chimmel. Tony Chimmel has been released after almost 30 years in the company. I didn't really know if he was still with the company or not. I know that he's shown up, you know, in the odd video package. He was at SmackDown 900 or 1,000. I can't remember. It was at Smack- one of the SmackDowns. I don't think we're at 1,000 yet. So I think it was at SmackDown 900. Um, and, and he was been on Edge and Christian's show, but he has apparently gone for the company. So, yeah, there you go. Who knows if we'll see more following on after some recent events in America, um, shall we say, um, and maybe forthcoming events in America. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we don't know. I think this was last week. They actually happened and they've just came out yesterday. But Tony Chimmel among 10 to 15 names losing their job. Um, and then a couple of good news things about the UK, which we don't really get. They're about American wrestling, but they're UK-based, so we'll take them. One is just a wee uh, quick one about The Undertaker. Uh, we know he that he's going to say his final farewell, uh, farewell, farewell at Survivor Series. BT Sport have announced a full week-long celebration of The Undertaker. So if anybody's got BT Sport, you're going to have... There's um, a What Went Down, which is BT Sport's original series, and they've got The Undertaker joined on a Zoom call with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, breaking down their uh, WrestleMania matches. Uh, kind of, I think they just watch along with them and, and then discuss them, as I watched the one with Triple H, and it was quite good before. Do they do, they do the Saudi Arabia matches? Because that's the one. <laughs> no, however, that was mentioned on The Last Ride, and The Last Ride is going to air on BT Sport. Uh, they're oh, going to put it? that out. Yeah, it's Monday to Friday, uh, an episode every night and then afterwards essentially we're getting a two and a half hour Undertaker block Monday to Friday before Survivor Series after the last ride ends they're just showing the greatest Undertaker matches they've released a full schedule I've put that over on Inside the Ropes but they've got a full schedule at every match that's going to be on a lot of like big Undertaker matches I know that most of them are available on the network but people don't have the network and they've got BT Sport it's pretty good and it's just big for you know WWE's presence and and you know UK sports However, leading on for that, the last thing to mention, UK seeing uh, wrestling. So we mentioned WWE, AEW. Cody Rhodes on the pre-Full Gear media call was asked uh, by Stephanie Chase, a digital spy. We've mentioned her a few times on here, really good journalist. I'd worked with her at Sports Kida on a couple of things. She asked uh, Cody Rhodes, what was your reaction to the, the impressive figures that came out for ITV that we mentioned on here a few weeks ago? And has that spurred you to make any more decisions UK-wise? Obviously, didn't want to give away too much. Uh, and he even said as much. He said, I'm not supposed to break any news because ultimately Tony Khan is steering the ship. But I can tell you flat out, uh, when the gates are open, when the world is open again, we will absolutely be in the UK. I don't think just for one show, there's too many markets and you haven't wrestled and you're not a wrestler, in my opinion, until you've wrestled in front of the UK crowd. Uh, so obviously, you know, kind of half fluff, but half kind of true stuff that he's mentioning there. And he also went on to discuss, I'll not read out the rest, but he went on to discuss the data that came out and said that they are in talks with ITV about how to further open that market. 
So maybe we'll see it on ITV one or two in the future, which is the you know the ideal. That's the one thing I would love live shows. I don't think that's possible because of exclusivity rights and stuff like that. But you never I don't know. Think there's any point in having live shows nah. in the UK? They wouldn't get the audience at one a.m. on a Wednesday. They wouldn't. No. Well, I think that's a a, a big part of why their data was so impressive is due yeah. to the time slot they're in. But you never know. Maybe we'll get them on a you know a, a Saturday night on ITV two or something like that. Something more impressive, but. Looks like big things for uh, for the UK, at least with BT pushing for the Undertaker content and uh, ITV maybe pushing for the AEW content. Yeah. I mean, really ITV, you know, in terms of adding to their audience, if it's doing well in bloody ITV4, yeah, the bat, uh, the arse end of a Friday night, ITV bosses are just going, mm, well, we could take that and move that onto the main channel and, you know, increase our audience numbers there quite easily, you know, so I'm sure there's a deal to be done there. And I'm sure even push it to like ITV2 and stuff like that, because yeah. I know that obviously primetime ITV1 is your soaps. And you can yeah. imagine that your granny turns on AAW and she's like, what the hell is this? I don't think it's taking over from Coronation Street. Don't <laughs> get me wrong, Alex. I don't, I'm talking about, you know, maybe 11 o'clock, 11 p.m. on ITV. Uh, like, on ITV too, it could be reasonably night. prime, you know? As long you as say that. that there was a wee crossover at the weekend there. And I, I keep saying about ITV too. Chuck it on after Family Guy would be brilliant. But uh, there was a wee crossover at the weekend as Anthony Agogo who is signed to AEW, was on commentary for AEW recently, appeared on Tipping Point Lucky Stars. On <laughs> <IG>. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, well, it's not as ever, Gary, on that bombshell. Thanks very much for the news. <laughs> Cheers. Sun is shining, the weather is sweet, yeah. Makes you want to move those dancing feet. Um, that is Finlay Quay. The words of... you didn't really know lyrics. Yeah, well, that's the words of Finlay Quay. I know that. that was... And, it, it, you know, the sun is shining on Fantasy Booking Island. Uh, miserable outside, but it's, we're all enjoying a cocktail from a coconut over here. Where anything goes in the world of wrestling as we fantasy book our way into a corner. Um, and last week we were asked to book where Roman Reigns' tribal faction should go. Myself, uh, I booked um, a match which accumulated in Reigns versus Samoa Joe. Um, Gary, uh, what did you go for? Good question. I think yeah, I, went rock, Reigns, the rock. I went for Reigns the Rock, but I had Nia Jax and a showdown in, in, in the Royal Rumble match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Alex? Something to do with the New Day, I believe. You did, you did. Um yeah, had it with Big E end up with Reigns via the Royal Rumble. We all kind of we're all very similar bookings, but obviously the populist choice, the match that everybody wants to see, won it. So Gary is this week's fantasy booking <laughs> island winner. Yes. Uh, Gary, who should go first with the booking this week? I'll go first. I'll go first. Might as well okay, get it. Well, let me read out the booking and where it has come from. The booking this week has come in from Paddy Boy 1976. I wonder what team he supports. Uh, <laughs> fantasy book a realistic and feasible type of match that, to the best of your knowledge, has never been done before. It can be a one versus one tag match, rumble type, or anything of your choice, but it's got to be something that could happen. Right, go on, Gary. You're up first, and you're, you've got three minutes to book it. Your time starts now. Right, so I'm taking what could happen a wee bit liberally and saying that this could happen if two of the guys came out of retirement, despite one being kind of ill right now uh, with a recent diagnosis that happened. But I am going for a match that I call the Snake Pit Match. 
So I am having a match that is essentially a slight rip-off of the fight, uh, <laughs> the fight pit match. We've got snakes surrounding the ring. We've got the snake pit at the top. And we actually have a music stage on top where Slash is playing because Slash's snake pit was a, a very enjoyable um, type of concept that Slash from Guns N' Roses did. So we've got that. Uh, but this is a fatal four-way match between Jake the Snake the Texas Rattlesnake, the Viper Randy Orton, and my new favourite wrestler, Serpentico, who I'm wearing the t-shirt of right now. Uh, and we just have a snake pit match where all four guys, you know, beat each other up while snakes surround the ring. You can have any kind of graphics you want. I don't really care. But John is looking at me as if snakes surrounding the ring isn't it actually something that could happen. I I called this like months and months ago. Yeah, was oh, this. oh, no. Well, this is a rip of a previous fantasy booking island. In that case, I will accept a loss and say that I'm taking John's uh, John's old idea of a snake pit match, and that is uh, that is my choice. But I've added some pentacle, which makes everything better. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Who's up next then, me or Alex? Uh, go for John, since I ripped off his idea. <laughs> <and came. laughs> right, okay then. Right, to start the timer now. I'm going to the world of ICW for my booking, and it is the Clockwork Orange Street Fight, which I've talked about and I want to make happen because it's never happened. This would be the perfect match for ICW. You start at Buchanan Street. One wrestler starts with the title at Buchanan Street. Um, we won't, we'll make it the Zero G Championship uh, because probably the world title's probably ruined on it. But uh, one wrestler starts with the title at Buchanan Street. They then choose at what stop oh there's a wrestler at every stop okay and they've got to get choose what stop they get off at um and then defend the title at three stops around the clockwork orange underground system in glasgow in a street fight at each stop and whoever wins the title at the stop continues on to the next one whoever has the title at the end of the clockwork orange after three stops wins the title what a fucking great pay-per-view that would be. Do you know who needs to win it? Who? The Stones Jason Reed. I brought That's it. Aye, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that would be the way to win it. <laughs> yeah, win it the Stones Jason Reed at Ibrox winning the title. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that, that would be my book. I think, I think that's, I mean, health and safety might prevent the, the actual match from happening potentially i don't know how much spt would be in letting that happen on the on the, the underground the festival why can't you just brand it as a wrestling festival yeah exactly exactly so there's my idea what say you alex your time starts now the first thing i say is that you two have not presented very feasible ideas secondly <laughs> i'm just presenting a match type right because i think this will be heavily adopted so it's going to be called the anything but a ladder match and it's a ladder match rules but you're not allowed to use a ladder so you're going to have wrestlers getting really creative it's going to be like tetris but with wrestling and they can like build things to try and climb on they can throw up ropes they can do all kinds of crazy shenanigans you know it would be great jungle boy needs to be in the first one sorry jungle boy needs to be in the first one yeah exactly like (laughs) all the really adventurous ways you could climb up to get the belt it'd be terrific that's, that's as far as I'm going. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Because well, it's just going to be go. universally you... adopted. It doesn't need to have specific participants. It's just going to be great. Clearly, no one has actually thought of fancy booking. It is. We're just all winging it this week. Usually, Alex, for example, usually Alex takes 
have pen and paper out. You'll be. It sitting. depends on when I'm presented the idea. Sometimes I get yeah. them like four hours. Oh, here we go. This is essentially the as well. Listen, <laughs> if you want to work under Vince, Alex, you need to book things on the fly. So that's why you know well, we work under things. Kevin Dunn, not Vince. My my favourite thing there is the way John leaned forward. It looked like he had Jackie Bird's hair. <laughs> if you are watching the video version, yeah, I've got the, the wonderful Jackie Bird is in my background. If you are if you aren't watching the video version today, uh, so yeah, that's your your three fantasy bookings. We have Gary basically copying <laughs> an idea from me, which I talked about months ago with the snake pit match. But he, to be fair, he's put in the Texas Rattlesnake, Sir Pentacle, Jake the Snake, and the Viper, Randy Orton, uh, Alex. Um, with his anything but a, a ladder match involving Tetris and what have you. Um, and mine, uh, which is the, the underground match uh, street fight around Glasgow. So you can vote on who you want to win for next week and give us some suggestions for fantasy booking and pro we'll promise we'll give it a wee bit more time next week. Uh, get on board now, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. <laughs> So that's it for this week's show. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple, wherever you get your podcast, you can do that. Um, remember Rab and Grado. Rab is back with Grado. Uh, Grado was off last week. So we had Louise Stewart, which was a much pleasant, more pleasant sight than seeing Grado. And she was brilliant. Being a bit harsh to Grado there. Yeah, I love seeing that big guy all the time. But we had uh, Louise on last week. And this, I love this though. It was like, I said to Rabbit, who do you want to get on to, you know, co-present the show? And, I, and then it, it was like, oh, we could ask Jester, we could ask, you know, maybe David. We could ask a lot of the friends of the show. And Rabbit said, I'll get my niece. And I went, oh, probably not Don. And it was his other niece, uh, who wasn't the wrestler. But Louise knew her stuff as well. She ah, great. she knew her stuff about wrestling. That is yeah. amazing. Aye. So she was, she was great. She was great. And you can see her on, on the telly with Rab and Burmeston and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so yeah, um, this week, Rab and Grado back together. List of wrestling daft. Um, I'll just check the vote. But it is, and I screwed this up a few weeks, well, a couple of months ago. It is the anniversary of the Montreal <laughs> screwed job this week. And Gary reminded me of it yeah. today. So um, we asked you, plus it's Macho Man's, or it would have been Macho Man's birthday um, this week. So we asked you for, would you like to talk about the greatest moments of the Macho Man, or would you like us to talk about the best holy fuck moments, or I should say holy shit moments in wrestling. Um, and it was the holy shit moments that won it off the back of the Montreal Screwjob. So uh, any immediately springing to mind for you guys? I'm really disappointed you didn't call it the best screw jobs in wrestling. You can go down like a really deep, dark, kind of dark side of the ring style hole and go that way. It's like disappointing. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I should have maybe have thought of that. Probably would have been better. But anyway, holy shit moments, we'll be talking about that. If you just can't think of any, don't worry about nah. it. Nah, I think pro probably. Yeah, for me it'd probably be uh, Sting showing up in WWE. Even though it was a wee bit anticlimactic, it was just one of the things I never thought would happen. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, holy shit moments on the list of wrestling daft. Um, we are talking the pun, because this has just started and it's just obviously grown out. It is band names uh, or artists. I'm sure we, I'm sure this was a thing for the first, like, four months of wrestling daft. Like, a recurring thing oh, that happened. was it? Jesus. There I'm pretty go. sure because I was thinking I'm going. I'm pretty sure this got like the arse properly ripped out yet. Like, oh, I see. It was done for like four weeks in a row. Well, I said we're going back to the well. <laughs> we're really ripping the arse out of it again this week. So that's, that's uh, the bottom there. 
that's that's <laughs> on and Gary's his mind's ticking as he thinks of one now and also because of this uh, the meme obviously Donald Trump uh, not president and the, uh, the gif of Stone Cold stunnering Donald Trump has been doing the rounds we've asked you what celebrity would you like to give a stunner to um, so we'll be talking about that on the show any suggestions get them on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft Gary what you, you're smiling at have you thought of a band pun or have you what, no no no, at the best I can give you is uh, Stone Cold Play Steve Austin, and now I don't think I can give you much better than that. Oh, that's all right. That's uh, not bad. That's not bad. Not bad. Aye. Aye. It's been a long show. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much for listening. Where can we get you on Twitter, Gary? Uh, Wrestling Gary. Pretty easy. Go to uh, Wrestling Daft. Take away the last four letters. I've not said that in a while. That's good. That's good. And then you can. You can Give Gary some abuse on there and see if he'll bite. Uh, you just... can go get alcoholic some abuse for uh, trying to bury me when I, I didn't do it wrong. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Start I, I, I may have misheard war. that though. I may yeah. have misheard that. So I won't go. Alex, have we got over a hundred? Uh, Followers, yeah, John. I would be lying if I said I don't know where since last week, so I probably can back down to 50. Do a favor and don't even bother. Like. There we go. Uh, and you can get me at producer Mac. Thank you very much for listening to Wrestling Dab. And until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier.